Thanks for tuning in to Marketing Trailblazers, Fireside Chats with Mountain Conquering CMOs. I'm Jeremy LaDuke. And I'm Jess. And today in this episode, we are talking about influencer marketing. We've got an awesome guest we're going to introduce here in a little bit. Um, but one of the things that just passed as of the recording of this episode was uh, ChatGPT's first birthday. If you are an avid user of ChatGPT, you probably got the little birthday message and you may have even told it happy birthday to which it would have responded very fondly and, and nicely. Um, but let's talk a second real quick, just like, can we, can we have this as just kind of a, um, you know, confessional, what are some of the weird and, um, ways you've used chat GPT that you just, you need to let the world know and, and just get, get off your chest. Okay. I'm an open book. I don't have secrets. Um, <laughs> uh, the main thing I've utilized ChatGPT for was writing uh, my job description on my LinkedIn page, because um, that's really hard to describe what you do and sound professional and not sound too cheesy. It's still cheesy, but at least I didn't make myself sound cheesy. ChatGPT did. So I'm both as as your as your <laughs> employer, I'm both equally um, concerned and proud. Uh, but th- no, like it it can but do. It's hard. Yeah, it is. It is for this job. I did it for past stuff too, where I was like, I did a lot of things. I don't know what stands out. I don't know how to word it. Well, and at the end of the day, is that really what you want to be spending your brain energy on? Is like, like creating a job description? I mean, I did it on the clock, so you probably don't want me spending my brain energy on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I've I've used it in a similar fashion. Um, I was helping my daughter make a resume one time, and I was like, "All right, tell me, yeah, tell me all the things you did at this restaurant you worked at." And she told me, and um, I said, "ChatGPT, make this sound, make this sound like a professional resume." And what it, yeah, what it spit out was amazing, and it got her the job. So. Thanks, ChatGPT. That's the most important part. Yeah. ChatGPT giving people jobs. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> ooh. Yeah. Good point. No. So this morning, when I when I opened up LinkedIn, I actually saw a um, uh, a, a thing in my newsfeed about an AI, completely AI powered news channel. It's called like Channel One, and it um, it was like AI reporters, and um, they they looked like real people on the on the screen, and they were telling the news and talking to you and everything. Um, it was kind of surreal. It was a little weird. It's a weird thing. I don't think I'm into it. Um, I know they're like the AI influencers are just a strange thing to me. That like I don't know these companies are creating these fake people to be exactly what they want and be perfect and never have a scandal or anything. And it's just it's a weird thing. It really is. I mean, but then it also, as things get like progressively, the the imagery and the videos get progressively better and just all this, I mean, it seems like we're going at just like jet speed. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like that, it, it begs the question, are, are, are we AI? Um, I don't think I asked that. Um, <laughs> but I, I did, you know, did play a lot of The Sims in my youth. So I do enjoy, you know, I guess I enjoy that concept. I don't know. It's fun. Well, before we go too deep down that rabbit hole, <laughs> it'd be a good, good uh, controlling boy. fake little people and making them do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, let's talk about influencer marketing. When when we uh, the concept of influencer marketing, um, I think first came out, uh, a lot of people were a little um, weary of it. 
But it has really, uh, in the last several years, it's really taken off and become become a viable marketing uh, tactic. I know when for us in house, I was skeptical of it um, until I remember sitting around a table um, when we were watching an Ad World conference um, session, and the whole team saying, "No, influencer marketing's legit," and uh, it kind of opened my eyes to, "Okay, this is a this is a real thing we need to be talking about pursuing." Um, and so today's guest, Jack Pedrosen, is the influencer marketing special for the IHG uh, hotel brands um, and has previously worked with um, uh, PetSafe, which if you have uh, you know one of those like invisible fence um, uh, radio systems, um, those collars, that's, that's their brand. So she was the influencer marketing specialist with them and also worked with Uproar PR. And she's just got a lot of experience uh, working with, with influencers on multiple levels. And she's going to just talk to us about kind of some of the practical things that um, really any business can do to, to engage with influencer marketing and utilize it for their business. So without further ado, let's get this fire blazing. Jack, thank you so much for joining us today on the Marketing Trailblazers. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. It's exciting to work together again. Well, <laughs> let's start off with this because some people, I think, are very familiar with uh, influencer marketing and a lot of people just aren't. So can you just start off with a, what is influencer marketing in a nutshell? Yeah, sure. So influencer marketing is utilizing a third party with some influence to help promote your business. I feel like whenever it comes to creating a brand, uh, having your brand social media, a lot of people can kind of perceive it as like ad or what you're wanting to get across and it's very business. Whereas if you bring in an influencer who's kind of a local expert, whether that's in fashion, style, culinary, um, whatever it is to kind of tell your business's story from their own perspective, people are more willing to trust it and also try out new things and explore new things. So an influencer really is just that, having influence and helping out your brand, kind of tell their story through just a different vessel and a different set of eyes. Awesome. I think that's a very concise uh, way of thinking about it. <laughs> you thought it. Um, so, and you work with IHG, uh, which is the, the um, I'm gonna get this wrong. Say it again. It's okay. I Pop it. Yeah, so IHG is a uh, portfolio of different hotel brands, and currently I'm their first influencer specialist, which is super exciting um, to see big companies like that really placing importance in the influencer marketing world. Um, and I am actively working on about seven different properties that all fall under our Kington brand and working on influencer strategy and bringing in those proactive influencers. You're, the hotels that you're working on are uh, those kind of luxury boutique hotels in Nashville, Atlanta, Philly, San Francisco, right? Yeah. And it's really cool too. I've gotten to visit a few of them and all of them are so different. I feel like they all have kind of a local touch and different design. Like our Atlanta property is very modern. Our Philadelphia Monaco property really has ties into all history um, and kind of has a different vibe than our one across the street that has more of like a city vibe. Um, so all, all luxury hotels, um, and yeah, different vibes to each, which makes it a lot of fun to bring in different types of influencers. And before you were with IHG, you were at Uproar, which is a yeah. influencer 
that was their specialty, correct? Yeah, so I was working for a remote PR agency, and I actually was one of very few people working on their influencer team, too. I still feel like even though after COVID we hear influencer, especially with the rise of TikTok, all these things, it still is kind of new to um, a lot of different agencies and brands. But yeah, I was working as their senior influencer specialist, and I worked with nine different clients of all different kind of niches, so fitness, luxury, um, culinary, all kinds of things. So it was interesting to get and put on many different hats and explore all those different niches as well. Awesome. Well, what type of business is is good for influencing um, or influencer marketing rather? Yeah. So I feel like um, from a business perspective, if you're looking to bring influencers into your campaign, anything that is exper- experiential, so honestly, currently I'm working on hotels and restaurants. So you're coming in for a stay, but you're not just coming in for a stay. You can bring your pet. The pet can have a pampered pup, trying to say it all, pampered pup experience. You can dine at the Henley um, restaurant, take that all in, it, get a little bit of local cuisine. So anything I would say that's exper- experiential that you could do or that's interactive for the influencer to come in and experience. I imagine that makes it a much more interesting TikTok or Instagram when the influencers are actually doing something and and uh, yeah. participating in, in some sort of experience on the, the brand's end. Yeah, and um, also too, with previous clients that I worked on, I worked with a luxury uh, luggage client, for example, and instead of the influencer just doing like an unboxing where they like show you the luggage, they're showing what they're packing for a trip or showing it go through the airport. What snacks are they getting? Are they plugging in their phone to their uh, luggage? That kind of thing. So just kind of understanding your product, how you would use it and how you would want an influencer to kind of amplify that message. That's awesome. So how do you guide people with what kind of influencer they need, whether it's a micro, nano, is it all budget-based? Is it what how do you how do you guide that yeah so it's kind of a mix i feel like this question's always hard because there's not really that one size fits all answer which you guys know just working in the marketing space too and different campaigns different clients but really how i like to start off a campaign is working with the client working with the brand and asking what they want their outcome to be do you want brand awareness highlighting your product getting that name out there do you want creative assets that instead of maybe hiring a social media manager or someone to come in-house and do that. You can outsource and get different assets, get videos, get pictures, or maybe it's a combination of both. Um, And so I think that's the first question to really ask yourself is, are you really wanting to get that reach and maybe working with a bigger influencer? Or you may be wanting to work with five uh, smaller influencers and just getting a bunch of content built up. So I think that would be the first question. And then Secondly, I would ask, who are you trying to reach? It's just like any other type of marketing. Um, I think a good example, I have two properties in Philadelphia. One is in kind of the epicenter of all these amazing historical monuments, really close to all of these different museums. So we try and market to family and having that family vacation. Versus our other Philadelphia property is in kind of the heart of a lot of... uh, restaurants and James Beard award-winning and rooftops and kind of that city slicker vibe. So we're going after young couples, young professionals that are in town for the week. So identifying who that audience is and then picking influencers that people uh, that align with that audience would follow or aspire to. Yeah. Um, 
So I would say, or I would think that kind of also goes hand in hand with what platforms too. Because not everyone's uh-huh. on TikTok, not everybody's on Facebook, right. whatever. So are you also just tailoring to that as well? Yeah, that's a great question. And absolutely, I think you hit it a nail on the head of not everyone's on every platform. So for these families, we're looking mostly at Instagram, Facebook. For the younger demo, of course, I still feel like Insta- I'm a TikTok girl, but I still feel like Instagram is here to stay. Yeah. But we're looking at promoting through Instagram and also TikTok and hitting that younger viewer. So really just kind of putting yourself in the shoes of who are we wanting to target? And kind of doing that marketing persona of what does it look like? What social platforms are they on? And kind of tailoring the campaign that way. Oh. So as with any industry, any tactic uh, that we've uh, that we've encountered with marketing, it evolves. It goes through stages. And I think we've, we've uh-huh. seen some of the growing pains with influencer marketing. Um, some brands have done it very poorly. Um, and some influencers uh-huh. have done it very poorly. And there's been a lot... Uh, that that I think the industry has learned. Um, where do you see influencer marketing evolving to? Yeah, that's a great question. And I kind of think, in my eyes, the really like boom rise of influencers, I feel like was during that like COVID, post-COVID era, we saw these TikTok stars come to rise. We're all doing dances in our living room. And it's evolved since then, right? It's been, what, I guess going into like four years post-pandemic. So I think we're kind of moving away from um, just going after these big influencers to endorse a product, but really aligning ourselves with people, maybe that have smaller platforms, but are really interested in a certain niche that aligns with their product or brand. Um, I also think, and something I've kind of noted, I also sometimes do after a big campaign, we'll call our influencers, ask for a 30-minute chat, just to kind of tap them and see what went really well with this campaign, what would you like to see in the future and get their perspective on things. And one kind of common theme that I've heard from influencers that I've talked to is wanting to build ongoing partnerships. I feel like a lot, and on the brand side too, it's very transactional, right? You want to work with this influencer, you book them for a one night hotel stay, they post about it, and then nothing else after that. There's no really ongoing relationship, ongoing partnership. So I think both influencers and then also from a brand perspective, building those ongoing um, more ambassador type roles for influencers that we identify that really align with our brand um, and tapping into them. So not only are they getting the relationship aspect of, hey, you get to really come and be our partner, experience this a couple of times over the next couple of months, but their followers are also seeing that content a few times over the next couple months. So it's coming off more organic and there's getting more brand awareness to instead of just one time on the feed and then never see them again. So I think those are two kind of trends is tailoring down a niche and finding smaller influencers that really, really align. Um, and then also building ongoing relationships with them as well. Yeah, I think the continuation is a, an important aspect of it. Cause like you said, one and done is only yeah. gonna do so much for you. Um, so what right. kind of advice do you have for companies that are just getting started with influencers are, because that's that's a big commitment. You are trusting a stranger to yep. represent you and your brand. And that's that's intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And I think kind of a good place to start, we kind of talked through um, about figuring out who that persona is and what type of influencers are like. 
But I think also working um, on the brand and client side, having, you never want to say to the influencer, I need you to say X, Y, Z. Because again, you have to think of it as a partnership, Mm -hmm. right? It's two brands coming together to create this video or picture, whatever it is, that kind of creates the storytelling of what you're trying to do and really just amplifying those efforts. Uh, So I would say for brands, maybe come up with a one-sheeter. It could be a quick Canva thing. It could be a quick Word document, but really just outlining some facts so influencers know going in, okay, like here's a little bit of background. Here's a little bit of the story. And how do I tell this story? I think there is definitely some trust involved, but having um, that initial kind of conversation, I also too uh, would suggest, especially if it's first time or maybe it's a bigger campaign that you're putting budget in that you haven't uh, normally done, I, I would encourage, and I've, I've done this before as well, reaching out to the influencer, seeing if you can hop on a quick 15-minute chat. Um, that way you guys can align on everything on the front side versus the back side when you have to go back with an influencer and say, hey, I, I didn't really tell you X, Y, and Z, but I'm going to need you to edit it because it isn't really matching our vision. So I think communication is key there and really just kind of prepping the influencer, giving them all the information they need and being willing to hop on a quick call, discovery call, and just kind of chat through so there's a little bit more communication and partnership in it. Mm. It's kind of that ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure uh, uh-huh. type of a scenario. Getting clear on the front end. I not know that oh, saying yeah. at all. You've never heard that? No, I've never <laughs> heard that. And I have that learned saying. that from not being clear on the front end, <laughs> so take it from me. Yeah. I mean, it's, get, getting that clear, because revisions, nobody likes revisions. Like the, right. the influencers yeah. put all this time and energy into it and they're super excited about what they're delivering and you've and then, got all these expectations. And so when those things don't match it? up, it, it's it's not fun for anybody. Yeah. And I feel like when you yeah. have to repeat or do it again, it becomes less genuine because you already have it mapped oh, for out sure. what you're going to say. All right, so the million dollar question, no pun intended. <laughs> Pricing, how like how much yes. should an influencer cost? What do you get out of it? How do you uh, how do you measure all that? What's the if 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 someone that's listening is just getting started, it, either as an influencer or um, uh-huh. wanting to use influencer marketing, what are some of the industry standards there? Yeah, and I'm gonna be the worst guest because I feel like for a lot of these, it's like. Not one size fits all, but it's kind of true. And I'll kind of dive in why. Um, But as far as pricing, I have worked with trade influencers. I have worked with brands that where I've had $20,000 a month just to bring in um, influencers and have them work um, with us on our products. So there's a whole range that you can do and kind of strategy behind both. I feel like if you're for the first time getting into pricing and you're interested in working with an influencer, obviously always negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. But I think kind of a good standard is for every 10,000 followers to pay around $100. Um, Because you also have to think, you're contracting these people, they're taking the time to create this content. And I, I think depending on the product, you know, it's nice to have all these gifting things, but at the end of the day, These influencers are taking their time, too, to also create the content, edit the content, come up with voiceovers, all these things. You can kind of think of them as like contracting like a social media um, manager or marketer for the day, too. Uh, Again, I also think it depends on 
the experience. So for example, um, with our hotels, they're mostly trade-based, um, but we give them a one-night hotel stay in a, in a luxury uh, boutique hotel. We give them typically around like $150 food and beverage credit. We'll give them a welcome amenity so when they arrive, there's wine and snacks for them, um, those kind of things. So I think you can also account in like how much trade you're giving them. Um, so it really depends. And you also can negotiate too as far as deliverables. Maybe you're only able to give trade. Maybe you're, for example, uh, the luxury luggage company that you worked on, we were only doing trade. And so if we wanted a bigger influencer, we'd say, hey, instead of giving you two pieces of luggage, we'll give you four pieces so your family can have it. And instead of asking for uh, an in-feed post, all these stories, and then user-generated content, maybe we just do the in-feed post and that's the trade. So I think being able to kind of negotiate and kind of think as far as what is the trade that you're giving to the influencers and how much content should be required is a good way to kind of think about that. Um, I know it's not like a solid answer, but I feel like it's kind of case by case on how you can break it down and budget with everything. Well, this seems like a, a good starting point. And I think and I, the, the, one of the keys to understand is is that part is a negotiation oftentimes. Right. And so yeah. you might bring something and say, hey, we can do this. And they, they might come back and say, well, that sounds good, but can you also do X, Y, Z? Um, but in general, what, I, what I've seen, and, and tell me if I'm, I'm right or wrong on this, uh, this point of view, just doing trade at this point is kind of looked at uh, as being cheap and, and not just it doesn't justify approaching an influencer is that is that kind of the industry standard right now so i would say instead of cheap i feel like it's more um the trend is kind of tailing down i think again the rise of influencer i know i keep bringing it back to covid but at least for me that's really when you kind of saw the importance in it really taking off um a lot of people really hopped into it and were becoming influencers and now because there is so much time and value and people are really realizing um, how much work goes into it, I think it's a little bit differently landscape than it was a couple of years yeah. ago. I do think you can still uh, work for trade and I do think there is still value in that, but I think there's also this little bit more of expectation for paid opportunities. I don't think it necessarily makes you sound um, cheaper. Your offer isn't good, but I think it's just really like tailoring or bumping up your offer in order to make it um, appealing to the influencer, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so mm -hmm. what I'm hearing from you is just making sure, whether it's trade or dollars, uh -huh. making sure it's something that's worth that person's time and their expertise yeah. and the work that they've done to to build their following up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have a little bit of a different question um and i'm just very curious on what your thoughts are on ai influencers because it is the okay. wildest concept to me but i can see how there are a lot <laughs> of pros for people i mean an ai influencer is never gonna have a scandal there you can tailor it to exactly what you're wanting what are your what are your thoughts on that where do you think that's going Okay, so I did see the Kendall Jenner and Tom Brady look like influencers. Have you seen those I on the Instagram? Honestly, they creep me out. It's weird. I do Wait, think they're these... moving into the future. We are going to have more, but uh -huh. oh my goodness. I'm are scared. these 
AI versions of celebrities. Wait, that's what we're it's, talking about. It's both. They they have some that are yeah. like celebrities, and then there are some that are just they look like real people. But it's like their likeness yeah. and image. So it's weird. I forget what the Kendall Jenner's name is, but it's like something else, and she's like your older sister, <laughs> and you can message her. It it's kind of crazy to me. Um, but so I guess my stance, I'm scared, uh-huh. but I do think it's something that is going to be in the future and kind of navigating that as it comes through. I feel like with anything social media, it always is constantly evolving and this is a new thing to tap into. I wouldn't say I'm anti it, but um, I don't know, just as the rest of the world continues to kind of learn and tap into this, I am I'm, too. I'm fascinated by this. I've, I yeah, have look it up. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Crazy. But what you're saying is you can actually <laughs> message them and they'll message you back uh-huh. as that person. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, yeah. I can see a lot of potential and just a lot of weirdness there too. Um, yeah. <laughs> we uh, so I I love Chat GPT. It's it's just fun to fun to play yeah, around me with. Too. And I discovered the other day the, the voice option. Right. And so I'm driving down the road and I'm like, I just turn this voice option on, and start asking it questions and it responds to me. Um, and so I. I just, just for the heck of it, I tried it out and said, hey, play the role of a therapist and and ask <laughs> ask me questions based on my responses and everything. And I got about three questions in and I was a little creeped out that I was, I yeah. was being prompted to share <laughs> things that I wasn't super comfortable. <laughs> I, got super yeah, I was just like, far. all right, this is, this is too much for me. Uh, but on the other yeah. hand, it's really cheap therapy. So <laughs> I could see it going either ways. And too, I will say, um, I, I like using ChatGPT too. One of the biggest thing is that if I got a new client at my last agency and I didn't know much about them, we had, and I still will probably get it wrong, but it's basically, it's like what Justin Bieber used. It's like the oxygen therapy, uh-huh. whatever. I had no clue what this was. And so instead of like digging through research, I think sometimes it's kind of nice and obviously double check it as well. But if you're like starting off on something you don't know, it's just kind of this like endless vault of information that really is a good starting point, especially as a marketer. Because well, I, I feel yeah. like a lot of us, like we're expected to be experts in all these different fields if we're taking on these clients. Um, so it's kind of the quick, uh, what are those called? Cliff notes yes. version that we had back in the day. Cliff notes version online of just kind of getting familiar um, with a new niche of or almost theme anything. or that kind of thing too. Um, and so yeah, I, yeah to, case in point, I was in a meeting the other day with, with a very technical uh, project and I had no idea what this uh, acronym meant. And so I just punched it into chat GPT <laughs> as like, what does this mean in this context? Yeah. And it gave back an answer and I was able to join in the conversation and this guy was like, oh, hey, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so it, it's it's a nice little... AI assistant. Yeah. And now it does um, live web searching too. So if you ask it a question, you can enable live web searching. So it'll it'll look for things that are current. Yeah, it's Interesting. fascinating. I'll have to check that out. All right. Back to influencers. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fun. <laughs> no, I started that. I think it's so interesting though. Well, what what are some good <laughs> tools to to find influencers outside of just going and, and scanning uh, Instagram and TikTok, how do people go about finding influencers? Yeah, so I'm actually going to turn your question on it on your head because I love and live by searching through platforms. 
I, in the past, have worked on influencer platforms called Clear and Aspire, and those are good tools. Um, I think they're great for keeping all of your influencer communication in one place versus all these different email threads because with influencer marketing, it's a lot of relationship building, a lot of questions, a lot of back and forth. It's nice to have it in one place and it makes reporting easy. But truly, as far as discovery, um, I really like going into the platform. So for an example, what I typically will do, if let's say I'm looking in, in Philadelphia at our Palomar location and it's this, uh, we want to market to uh, young professionals, couples, people coming in for that real city nightlife. Typically what I'll do is I'll look on Eater um, and I'll type in like 25 best brunch places in downtown Philadelphia. From there, I'll click on the Instagrams that it pulls up. I'll go through the tag section and I'll start identifying people that are kind of local tastemakers in the area and really have that pulse on that um, local scene. So that's kind of my route for stocking. I also like just typing in like hashtags and different SEO um, on TikTok as well. And then depending on the campaign and what we're looking for, I'll also find them on Instagram as well. But truly the best discovery I feel like comes just from a lot of social media stocking, not necessarily the platforms themselves. So as you're talking, I'm on ChatGPT searching yeah. what is Eater? I've I've never I've never heard of Eater before. Have you ever heard of Eater? Oh my god, no. you need to check out Eater. It's awesome. It's like all the best restaurants, bars, that oh, kind yeah. of thing. It, it looks city. cool. I'm 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 on there right now. Um so And yeah. Thriller is another okay. good one to like find just places in the city too. That probably doesn't apply to Maryville, Tennessee, but there, no, there's a lot yeah. of spots. I love Bella. I feel like the Diamond, Diamond Jack, Jack Wine yeah. Bar is like yeah. so cool. Yeah, there's a scene. Oh my God. And the Blackberry Farm Burgers are like insane. The stupid so, good. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah. Well, that's that's the, the, <laughs> the one article. thing that we have in Maryville, like per capita, or if you just took the like the, the uh -huh. three square miles of our downtown, we have more like. Uh -huh top-notch restaurants than than most cities yeah. even large cities um i was really pushing for us to adopt the the tagline uh for um Maribel as the kitchen of the smokies i was like that oh i love that it has, yeah Can't right <laughs> you, you would drive from severe county to oh, Blount absolutely. county for for oh hey let's go get some food at the kitchen of the smokies y'all have two what is that it's Something hops. It's oh, like hops a fun little hill. beer fest. Up in or, uh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. we've got some cool festivals and uh, different little things. So really? We might be on Thriller. I'll have to, I'll have to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, look it up. Let me know. I'm sure you would. If not, I'm sure probably some old Knoxville Weekend articles. <laughs> well, what do you... Um, so let's say someone finds someone they want to work with. Do you just message them mm -hmm. right there on the, the platform? Yeah, so I kind of go about it two ways. And... Something that's nice, I'm a very like structured and organized person. I like having templates for outreach that you can kind of just like pop in uh, your influencer. So it makes it a little bit easier. But typically what I'll do whenever I'm wanting to reach out to an influencer is I will follow them. I'll look for their email. Uh, now I will say, side note, and I'll get back into this, but with TikTok, unless that person is also following you, you can't reach out. So it's best to always try and find if they have a website, an email address, or an Instagram. Uh, but typically, if it's Instagram, what I'll do is I'll go on their profile, 
We'll look to see if they have an email first. Um, sometimes on desktop, it's kind of weird. It, there's like an email button, but it doesn't show up. So you'll have to go on your phone and do that. Uh, and so I'll email them my pitch. And the first pitch that I send out is kind of vague, just introducing who I am, who my brand is, and that we're interested in working with them on social media content to see if they're interested. Um, I also usually will DM them too, that I just sent over a partnership inquiry so they can check out our Instagram as well. And just a heads up, sometimes influencers don't always check their emails daily. They're more in the Instagram DMs. And then from there, if they are interested, we'll start to go through, okay, here's what we're able to offer you. Here's what deliverables we ask for in exchange. We'll do a little bit of negotiation on both terms. We'll send over a contract. They come do the experience. They have a set uh, date that they have to have content review in. I'll review the content. They post the content. And then from there, we track analytics. So it's kind of a whole big thing. Um, if you see an influencer posting, you might not realize there's a lot of behind the scenes work, but it really just starts with an email and DM, um, and then kind of going through and asking questions, building that relationship, and then having them out to experience the brand or client for themselves. So I know we've talked a lot about how it's, it's very tailored to your specific business and your specific goals, and there's not necessarily like blanket rules necessarily, but how... Do you recommend like measuring success with it? Is it, you mentioned analytics, but is it, you know, likes on the post, views? Is it, I mean, I know it's all goal-based, but what do you, what are your go-tos? What are the top things you look at to see if it is a successful campaign? Yeah. And um, too, I, I feel like all my answers are so vague, but I think it comes down to goals. Like if maybe instead of really wanting to get that brand awareness you're just wanting to get some great pictures and you find a small influencer and you get 20 different photos that's a big yeah. win too so i wouldn't underestimate that but as far as tapping into actual analytics i like to look at total reach i think impressions always come up with this big number of times that uh people are seeing something pop up in their feed but the total reach is actually where it comes down to that you're actually reaching people they're actually seeing it whether they interactive with it or not they're physically seeing it on their for you page on their instagram feed whatever it is um i also like to look at the number of engagement so oh they're kind of vanity metrics but just seeing like how many likes did they get how many comments did they get and comparing it to their other content that is organic so to say or something that isn't sponsored and seeing how that stacks up did it align well was the sponsorship were their followers feeling it um, and liking it as well as some of their other content has performed. So those are other metrics that I kind of like to keep and just kind of analyze too and bring back to the client. Um, if maybe something is lower than we expected, figuring out what that reason is and then again, tailoring our campaign to, hey, this type of influencer, that wasn't really what we're expecting. Maybe we try going after this kind and trying that out too. Are you sharing that information with the influencers? Like, hey, you're doing a great job, but let's try to change this one aspect or are you keeping that very internal yes and no so i don't really share like our post analytics just because they can look it up on That's their fair. side yeah. too but let's say there's an influencer that we worked with and we still really like them we like the idea of the partnership everything's been good but the content didn't perform as well the next time that we work with them say hey why don't we try doing xyz this next time and a few times I've done this because I'm a very visual person. So let's say we really like this one style of post that an influencer has, linking those as examples. Like, hey, we really love how you set up this get ready with me video. Maybe you could do that 
while you're in the hotel having the robe on and make it just very casual and storytelling maybe not so much showing us around the hotel but we know these type of videos perform really well on your page and just kind of adding hints at the hotel pop out while you're getting ready and talking to your audience so yes on just kind of feedback mm -hmm. and a little bit more of direction but not really sharing like analytics or anything like that with them okay how does uh so it's, i think when people think about influencers they're thinking of the major thousands and thousands of followers uh -huh. can you talk a little bit about um micro and nano influencers and yeah. and what the similarities and the differences between the the big celebrity influencers that we tend to think about yeah so personally i love smaller influencers i think as like kind of a general they always have better content because they're more invested mm. at it they're new at it they're really actively building those communities they're constantly commenting to other people being a little bit more interactive on their account whereas these bigger influences have already built up this following this community and not to say that they're not working the same level i think they're still working very very hard but they're just a little bit more distant from that community um, I think there are pluses to both. I think if you're working with big influencers, you obviously have this bigger reach, this bigger amplification. I think if you're working with the smaller influencers, you have a better local reach, a better local community that might be more willing to go try out something experiential. You're also able to get uh, more content from them as well versus someone that's a bigger influencer. Again, kind of going back to a previous example, let's say with the luggage company, the big influencer, you'd have to give four pieces of luggage and you'd get one piece of content. Whereas a smaller influencer, you could do one to two pieces of luggage and get all this different content that your brand can repurpose. So I think, again, it's just kind of figuring out um, what your brand's goals are, what the budget is, and kind of figuring out which type of influencer works best for you. Awesome. Well, what's your the one thing you can leave our audience with, the, the little nugget of wisdom <laughs> that you found uh, and influence, in influencer marketing, um, what would you want to share? Um, I would say, I think a lot of people don't realize that influencer marketing is a lot of relationship building. I think it's always important, at least for me, I like stalk my influencers, I follow them, I like message them to check in on them. Because I do think it's nice and you're really building a partnership. You're kind of that middleman. You're working with the brand and the client and you're working with that influencer to make sure that it's a really good amplified message. Um, so I think just taking the time to not get to know your influencers, but just check on them and make sure that you have a good relationship going and an ongoing relationship. Cause I think that benefits further down the line. I have been doing this, ooh, I guess about three years now is when I switched out of TV, but I have influencers that I worked with from the very beginning that I, uh, I recently was emailing someone that I had worked with like three years ago and I was like, hey, I'm not sure if you remember me, but we have this intel. I just feel like you would be such a good fit. Would you be interested in working together? And it's nice to kind of have those relationships that you can continue building on. And we'll be sure to put some of the accounts that we can find some of your yeah. work on um, in the show notes so people can go check it out and see what influencer marketing might uh, might look like for them. Yeah, and I'll email you over a list of our, um, like, the Instagrams and stuff, so you can, like, check them out and link those, too. Because I know there's a lot. Fantastic. <laughs> well, Jack, thank you so much for joining us on the Marketing Trailblazers. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
Marketing Trailblazers with Jeremy LaDuke and Jess Tackett is produced by me, Lance Pettiford, co-produced by Kaylee Eastep, graphic and web design by Will Lunsford, and guest support provided by Kaylee Swaggerty. Marketing Trailblazers is a production of Epic Nine Marketing Outfitters, helping ambitious brands grow since 2014. If you are a CMO looking to conquer some mountains, or you need a CMO to help get you to the top, then contact Epic Nine and get started with a Basecamp consultation at epic9.com. Want more great content to help fuel your marketing adventures? Sign up for exclusive content and get early access to our Marketing Mountain School content at marketingtrailblazers.com.